David Krejci draws Austin Watson. Now Hyde into McAvoy, he scores! Yo, bartender! Yo, food needs a refill! And Hudobin makes the stop. Marchand ahead to Bergeron. Has Marchand busting down the middle. Scores! Patrice Bergeron with the Bruins' third shorthanded goal of the season. Treat me right fucking now. McAvoy finds DeBrus behind DeLaurier. shit face on the bus. Louise left me and that son of a bitch over there keeps playing me when he knows I'm shit face. And I'm back for another uh, Beers and Bruins podcast. This is the fifth episode of the Beers and Bruins podcast in partnership with Primetime Sports Talk. Uh, they cover all the bases of New England sports, so please go over and check them out at primetimesportstalk.com. Football season's right around the corner. Baseball season's still going on. Bruins and Celtics are coming up. Great place, great source of uh, New England sports information, so check them out. Um, very special guest uh, tonight, today. I don't know what fucking day it is, actually, but I'm a, <laughs> this, I have my boy Dan Brow, and Dan has been a, a faithful listener uh, of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast with Rob Tomlin and Cortland Lund, our, our crew over on that side of the, uh, the podcast team. And uh, Dan, Dan is in Japan serving the United States. Uh, first of all, thank you for your service, sir. And, and second of all, thanks for being a diehard freaking uh, black and gold hockey podcast listener, man. Yeah, man. I mean, well, I remember when we first got here and, uh, you know, you're kind of down in the dumps because you don't know anybody and you're in a, a country where, like, you know, no, you know, you don't speak the common language, you know. And uh, it was just like being homesick you know and you know it's kind of weird i'm sure rob knows i mean like watching hockey at you know <laughs> at odd times in the day or whatever so i was uh i remember searching for a bruins podcast found a couple your guys was one of them listened to a couple different ones yours was the only one that i <laughs> truly like could relate to and appreciate and you guys always had really good insight um weren't like overly biased or overreactionary, you know, have, have a pretty good perception about, you know, the way the game is played and, and the Bruins. So I was just, I was hooked. <laughs> nice. Know? We, well, we certainly appreciate that, man. We really do. Um, I'm, let's talk about, let's talk about, uh, the, uh one of my important things is beer. Um, I, I, I've got, I've actually got a new one for this occasion. I've got the new Sam Adams 1976, which is a, it's a very interesting brew, uh, I kind of like it. Could get hooked mm. on it, but uh, who knows? But it's something different for me in the summertime. Usually, I'm the porch rocker kind of guy that that Sam Adams makes uh, here in Boston. So, and and so this is going to be intriguing to me, Dan. What are you drinking? So uh, there's this amazing thing here in Japan. It's called a chuhai, and uh, 
So they're like usually in tall boys. They're like nine percent alcohol. Uh, they're typically like fruit flavors, and it's kind of interesting because like uh, throughout the year, it it's always changing. So like they don't like if your favorite is like grapefruit, well they don't have grapefruit the whole entire year. So they only have it for a couple months, you know. Yeah, so, yeah, very similar um, to the Sam Adams. When Sam Adams does their stuff, they do all all type. They they have their regular brew that the traditional one they've always had since day one. Right. But they also do the seasonals too. And like the porch rocker is probably going to go away soon, and it will pro- probably go into something else. So I'm going to miss that. So, but I understand where you're coming from. Yeah, yeah, they're they're pretty good. I'm gonna have to figure out a way to bring some back to the stateside when we leave. Yeah, there you <laughs> go. I mean, dude, these things like uh, what we we went out last night for my wife's uh, birthday, and uh, we were yeah. crushing crushing quite a few chew highs, and <laughs> they'll definitely uh, do the trick. Dan, why don't you give her a birthday shout out? Oh, big happy birthday to my wife! <laughs> she's been uh, she's been licking the wounds all day here. <laughs> nice, nice. That's awesome. Happy birthday! What, what's her name again? Uh, Lisa. Lisa. Happy birthday, Lisa. Um, that's awesome. Uh, so this this uh, this podcast really came out to uh, really good timing, actually. Even though it's one o'clock in the morning over there, which is absolutely crazy. Yeah, but you know, I just got done playing hockey, and so it's like you know. When you when you get done playing, you're still like wound up, and you know crushing a couple couple drinks afterwards helps you you wind down, you know. So well, I'm good to go. Well, <laughs> tell me tell me about hockey over there, uh, and and I know it's and we've been Facebook friends for a while, and uh, going back and forth on on trying to nail down a time to get this done. But I remember you talking about. Uh, how difficult it is to actually get on a team over there. Can you explain the process a little bit? Yeah, so you basically, you you really have to know somebody that plays on a team to begin with, and mostly Japanese national. And then they have to extend an invitation to you to come to a practice as a guest. And basically, like the like you getting invited is a big deal. And they're kind of gauging... Out, like your play because the perception of American hockey players is that we all just want to fight everybody basically um, from what I had heard when I first got here was that I guess there was probably a, a couple of guys that were stationed here that used to play and that was kind of their MO was uh, tossing the gloves or whatever you know so I was I was like hey you know, you're playing beer league hockey, you know, like <laughs> I can't even remember the last time I threw through the gloves, you know, like <laughs> take a, take a lot to, to make me really want to fucking fight, you know, like, right. We all gotta, y'all gotta get up and work in the morning. So <laughs> exactly. Know? So, uh, yeah, I basically floated on, on teams as, uh, guests for their practices for maybe a year. And then I finally got an invitation to join a team, join that team, but they they weren't really like organized into the uh, the regular season route, so I got another invitation from another team, and uh, they actually play regular games. And right now we're technically like in the middle of our tournament, so nice. 
but it's it's way different you know it sucks it's not like you can you know like the states where you can just go to a, a rank and be like hey this is my skill level you know find me a team you right know? right so it's uh and plus you know not speaking the language is also you know can be uh taxing trying to you know express the guys on the bench of like hey this is what i'm gonna do you know in this situation or next time we're on a two-on-one you need to do this you know right no i understand so. absolutely now are there other americans on the team so yeah right now um one of my good friends that i met here uh he plays goalie for us he's from minnesota nice i love really, the crazy really, bastard they're all goalies <laughs> Right, oh, dude, yeah, you, you guys are all crazy bastards. It t- takes a certain type of uh, loose nut to fucking want want to have pucks being shot at you. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, he's a good kid. He's in his twenties, uh, and he, he's a really solid goalie. Uh, and then uh, there's one new American that he just got here from. He just got stationed here from Italy. He was there before. And uh, I'm kind of bummed that he's just getting here now because, uh, like, we we're like right off the bat, like you know, step brothers, just all. Did we just become best friends? Nice. Yep. You know? Nice. There you <laughs> go. He's, he, he's a really good player, and uh, he actually is probably. Uh, I'd say he's definitely better than me. <laughs> you know, so it is, helps is, me is push, he one? Is he one of the line mates? Uh, so he's a center. And we have two centers for three lines. Yep. And I actually just so he basically took my they bumped me off my center position spot for him, and I was like, all right, that's totally fair. But this other guy, who's a an older guy on our team, that uh, Japanese guy that plays center, uh, he's always had this center position, and they and I basically I just finally like vocalized my uh, frustration of like, hey. If he's gonna play center, he's gotta be trying to win these faceoffs, right? And he's gotta be skating both ways. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> like usually, center centerman is doing the most skating. This guy's just kind of cherry picking, hoping for, you know, yeah, the lead the pass. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's like, come on. So uh, tonight, I actually during the practice, they promoted me to to take over his spot. So I'm happy to. <laughs> so we're we're. We're not we're not line mates because we're we're now the number one number two centers. So. Right, right. But but it's good because we actually uh, communicate really well of you know discussing like how to set up our power plays and stuff like that. So oh, that's important, man. Yeah, I mean, um, it, it, I just find that fascinating that uh, hockey is just getting so big in other countries. Like like you're in Japan. I watch a ton of the uh, um, Australian Ice Hockey League, obviously in Australia. This is their winter. Technically, it, since it's under the hemisphere, is it technically Japan's winter right now? No. You know, uh, that's always kind of confused me, too. Like, um, it's, yeah, so it's their winter, but we're in the same time zone. Right. It's just different, you know, different so, hemisphere. Yeah. I don't understand how that works, but, yeah, I know that. Uh, we're in opposite seasons too, so right. yeah. Now we're 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 in the thick of our humidity summer and having um, uh, typhoons. Pretty yeah, much are frequent right now. So all the humidity. Tell me, I mean, 
in in New England back home, it has been nasty for like the. I've been fighting a, a, this cold for like uh, four days now. My wife's had it for like three weeks. I don't care who owned the cheats. I hate it here. Make me sick. My allergy puke every time. Blah, like that puke. Uh, you're a goalie. You're supposed to be like that. But um, Summer it's just are the worst. Oh, they, they fucking suck. And especially when I was like so pumped, that I, I went I, before I went and got beer. I had to go to the local CVS to get some shit because I'm like, my boy Dan's coming on. I, I can't tell him I'm not going to do it because I have a runny nose. You know what I mean? <laughs> And it's not, and trust me, I have my mic mute on, so if I do have to, like, go through six or seven sneezes, um, if you don't hear from me, just make sure, I, hey, Mark, are you there? And I'll get I'll get that to hit the mic mute again, but, yeah, it's, I, I had to go get some uh, Alka-Seltzer stuff and, 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 and beer, so... I was like, so I, I had to, I had to make this happen because it, I'm, our time frame to talk is so limited. Yeah, no, dude, I'm super stoked that we were able to to coordinate and, and work it out because it's like, I think every time that uh, we're kind of messaging and stuff on Facebook, it's it's like my early morning. Yeah, and I think it's your evening. Yes, yeah, yeah, and it's like, man, dude, like, I mean. I guess I could have a Bloody Mary, but I mean, it's <laughs> fucking early. <laughs> you know, like, no shit. Shit. Don't, don't want to feel like, feel like that guy. <laughs> you know? Now, just a little bit more into um, talking about you. You are from the New England area, correct? Yeah, I grew up in Maine. Uh, all my family is from Massachusetts. They're all spread out throughout. So, like, Lowell, Worcester. Uh, I got an aunt in Plymouth. My grandparents lived in the Cape. Uh, I forget now. I think that's probably about it. Uh, but so, like, my parents have, having us live in Maine was basically, like, their way of having the buffer of, you know, being too close to, you know, certain relatives or whatever, I guess. You know, right. everybody's got crazy relatives, right? Yep, exactly. But, uh, and then... Uh, I think, you know, at a certain point, my dad, uh, he was a private contractor, painter for years, uh, and he just got fed up with <laughs> painting in the snow, you know? So oh, yeah. he was like, I mean, like, cause I remember every year uh, in Maine, like, by Thanksgiving, like, we would always have, like, our first blizzard, you know? <laughs> so, I mean, like, I don't have to tell you how, how amazing winters can be. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a pain so, in the ass. After that, they moved us out to California, and I was probably about fourteen at that point. So, basically, no more, no more pond hockey, obviously, and uh, we definitely could not afford to play ice hockey. So, I mean, made the 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 jump to inline, and pretty much was playing inline until um, maybe. Six or seven years ago, I switched back to ice. Yep, because you know I could actually afford it. But uh, yeah, that that inline's big out there, isn't it? It really is, and uh, surprisingly, I mean, like the competition level is like really high. Uh, the only thing I don't like about uh, people that like grew up just playing inline is that they tend to be too cutesy. You know, like, yeah, yeah, they're, they're they, they hot yeah, dogs. Yeah, dude, like guys that just like, hey, 
you try that move on ice, you're going to get hit. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I, played, I played inline myself. I, um, I Actually, I just retired probably about six, seven years ago. That, that number probably always changes every podcast, by the way, because I, I have a shit memory when it comes to, uh, to years and time. But, um, yeah, right. I, 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 like, it's just kind of like a gray area. You're yeah, like, eh, I think it was this big. Exactly. <laughs> But I played in uh, uh, inline. I played ice hockey and deck hockey, and and um, my body's beat up. But I do I do remember that uh, the inline part of it. It's just like one guy, one kid would just do end to end rushes all the freaking time. It would never pass, and so on. It's like, come on, man. This is not what people. Yeah. This is not a team, man. You know, if you want to do that, sign up yourself and leave the uh, the rest of the eighteen others on the on the team to find someplace else to play. Yeah, I mean, and and you know, the whole thing with that dude, what drives me nuts is that that those are the people that don't understand like team chemistry. You know what I mean? Because they're all just trying to make their own, you know, accolades or whatever. You know, we had a guy on our inline team in high school, and then after high school, we kept playing. And I mean, by far, probably the best inline player I've ever played with kid could fucking stop do a hockey stop on inline skates oh that's oh that's crazy i mean he was fucking quick he was good uh but all the seasons that we played with him we never did good in the playoffs right the season that he took off is when we won the championship (laughs) oh my god i was like that's shit karma man (laughs) yeah well no it was like because he was a selfish player he would skate in you know with the puck he'd have two guys on him he would just basically like try to skate circles until they could get off him but then he would take a shot you know yeah and then you got three other guys that are open you know (laughs) so it's like you know you can have a hat trick all you want but you know if you still lose the game what's the point right yeah yeah and and talking about inline i remember back in the day when remember when espn used to show it they had teams out in california and florida and and um Jeez, I, had, I think it was Alabama and the Carolinas. It was a nice little freaking thing. So I get that's when I basically got attached to watching it and 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 playing it. But um, what I, what I do like about inline though, and it, it's just like what you were talking about that uh, out in California, ice time was just crazy, crazy money, and, and you know, and your family couldn't afford it. That's the one benefit about inline is that equipment is a little less expensive. It's a lot less because it's not sure. so it's not so bulky, you know what I mean? You want to be as light as possible but still be protected. But that here's my thing about inline and I want it to become more popular in New England because if kids want to play, if they have a desire, they go out and play inline and it's not costing the parents a ton of money, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So so and if they like it, then they can progress on because you can see that the kid really wants to strive into being something, and then you go on to the next level. But if the kid plays, he has a desire to play because his friends are doing it, but then doesn't have the desire to keep going with it. You're not the parents aren't losing a ton of money. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And listen to this. I mean, there is surprisingly, so the Anaheim Ducks actually have done a ton of work basically building up hockey in Southern California, more so than the LA Kings. Um, basically going to other arena uh, rinks of inline and ice 
and buying them out so they could re you know redo them and really kind of build the sport up. Yeah, there is uh, there's a guy that is on Minnesota Wild. Is it Zucker? Jason Zucker. Okay. Jason Zucker. You know where he's from? Las Vegas. You know what he grew up playing his whole entire life? In In line. line. Yep. He didn't make a switch until very late, you know? So, I mean, like, just because you play in line doesn't mean that you're not going to translate into a, you know, a good ice hockey player. There's somebody else, too. Wasn't Austin? Yeah, Austin Matthews was from Arizona. Yes. Yeah. And I think he had kind of had a similar deal. I don't know his whole entire story, but I know that he did play in line for a long time. So, you know, even when I lived in California, uh, a lot of people that I'd meet or whatever, they'd be like, oh, you play hockey? And I'd be like, yeah. They're like, oh, you play ice hockey? And I'm like, nah, I can't afford it. <laughs> I'm playing, playing in line. They're like, oh, well, that's not real hockey. Right? And I'm like, the hell it is. You put on some skates. I'll see you out there. <laughs> you know, type of a deal. But I was like, you have to... Like basically, like I think inline is conducive in those environments. You yeah. Know? Oh, absolutely. Ar- Arizona, Texas, you know, California. Those those states that obviously the ice is not like a place that you know you can shovel off the pond, you know, and then and practice on inline. Sorry, you know that's that's pretty much what you're looking at. Actually, one of my favorite minor league players, because um, I, I don't know if you know this from previous shows or, or Black and Gold Hockey Podcast shows, but mm-hmm. I was a season ticket holder for a season, but a, a faithful fan of the Manchester Monarchs that were in the uh, in New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. And and Brandon Cozen was actually a player that was born in California. And, and, and from my research in the past, that he, his... his um, uh, transfer onto ice came from his his love for inline. So, uh, and he and, and he continues. I think he's over in the KHL right now because he was a, he's a small player. But man, I, I tell you, some of the, some of the craftiest hands I've ever seen on hockey players come from those inline players, right? You know. So I, I'm sorry I didn't want to mean to get on the the inline rant. No, 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 no. It's <laughs> it's no. It's just good talk. It's just something that's. It is kind of an interesting topic because you know I think inline's kind of had this that bad you know like uh, perception you know the general public of like oh well inline's you know not really hockey you know right <laughs> right whatever or you know and it's like hey dude there's plenty of chippy guys you know that <laughs> that played inline probably the closest I've ever gotten to getting in in fights is from inline guys because you know some guys take things too seriously or whatever you know i hear that yeah i'm just a big advocate for for youth um movement and so on so if inline can benefit in new england i'd love to have it happen but um staying in new england you know we we got to talk about some brewing sooner or later on this show because i know right uh let's let's first of all how do you watch because you're over uh, in Japan, and and obviously it's it's streamed because you don't get it on your basic cable. Well, so like everybody here, well, I guess no, we do pay for this cable, huh? I think, yeah, so we pay for AFN, which is Air Force Network TV. Um, it's kind of funny because you'll watch something, and we don't get commercials that you guys get in the states. We get military commercials. Oh, really? <laughs> you know? Yeah, and they're like usually commercials like, you know. 
don't go out and spend all your money drinking and you know, <laughs> like you know if you have gambling problems this is you know right is, you know yeah um but and it's random programming so there'll be like an afn sports one afn sports two there'll be a news station afn there's a family station afn but it's not like you know it's espn you know like right. maybe you're so we do get random hockey games that will pop on there, you know, just depending on, I would say, like, what's playing at the time. If there's a basketball game or a football game, definitely not going to see the hockey, you know. Which, so, that all being said, if the hockey, if the Bruins game is picked to be on AFN, I'll watch it on AFN. Because they are actually, like, sometimes, like, really precise on, like... It's not streaming, you know, because I'll like message my dad about like, when you see that goal, you know, and yep. he's like, uh, it hasn't happened yet. Yeah, you the know? lag. And, the... and yeah, and he's in the States watching it on his cable. So I'm like, wow, that's kind of crazy. But other than that, I buy the uh, the NHL, uh, the garbage NHL TV. Really? <laughs> it just makes, makes me rub my brain because... The streaming is just so terrible on it. Really? That's bad, that bad, huh? Yeah, dude. There, I mean, like, there has been... I've had plenty of arguments with my, my friends about this because it's like, it'll be fine the whole entire game. And then all of a sudden, it'll be like seven minutes in the third period. The Bruins are down by one. And then you'll just see the magic donut floating around, you know? And no matter what, it will not catch up. And then all of a sudden, boom, it catches up. And then there's 25 seconds left in the period. The Bruins scored two goals. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I'm just like, wait, what happened? Wow. Like, yeah, just uh, it's awful. And uh, even when we were in Tucson, I remember one year we, we got the – it was called uh, – I think it was called Game Center back then. Yep. But uh, uh, we had the same problem. And I was like, I'm never getting this again. We're always just gonna buy center ice, you know. Yeah. So one thing, if if uh, excuse me, uh, our next base, we get to go back stateside, then I will definitely be switching back to center ice. <laughs> That's awesome. And when is that? When are you expected to come back home stateside? Uh, well, I got one more year. Nice. And uh, but it's kind of like you you have a wish list of places that you can go. Yep. So I think we you have to do you have to do at least one pick overseas, and then you have to do three other picks uh, for stateside. And so I think we agreed on that we're actually our one overseas pick is going to be for England. Uh, and, that'd uh, be pretty badass, right? And uh, and from what I hear, if you if you're already overseas, they kind of tend to keep you overseas because it's probably cheaper to to move you uh -huh. um, so i'm i'm really hoping we got, get to go to england nice. one side of me you know really wants to go there and live there for you know four years but yeah man at the same time too it'd also be nice to you know be back stateside yeah exactly and if you do happen to go to england hook up with my boy rob Oh, absolutely. He he plays hockey too, doesn't he? Uh, yeah, I believe he is. Or he might be recovering from a, a previous injury, but yeah, he still plays. And he's a goalie, so he's fucking crazy too. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> you, you fucking goalies, man. You guys birds of a feather. Right. <laughs> yeah. So um, 
I, I'm pretty much taught, uh, using this off season to gauge what what the fans have, and I've talked to four other people. So, I, your thoughts on on the additions of the team over the summer? Do you think they did enough, or you know, do you, do you see them going in a certain direction? What do you think? Well, okay. So, uh, what's his name? Is it Moore? Yeah, John the Moore. That we signed for. So, like, I don't know anything about him. I guess he came from the Ducks organization. Uh, one thing, really quick, living in Southern California. For so long, I ended up kind of segueing to how a West Coast team, West Coast would be the Ducks, because we used to go to StubHub and pay thirteen bucks and you know go to right. the games. You know, my West Coast team is the Kings. What's that? My West Coast team is the Kings. Oh man, dude! I started. <laughs> I knew it. Probably... Yeah, I know, dude. It, it, those those fans, man. I know it's. It's like that would be the equivalent of to me like going to a Bruins game and and seeing a Montreal fan or, yeah, right. or actually probably probably now I probably hate Toronto more than I hate Montreal. Yeah, <laughs> that seems to be the new rivalry, right? Yeah. Um, but so I don't really know too much about that guy, but everybody that all my buds from California, they're all like, yeah, dude, that guy is solid. That that was a that was a good sneaky signing so you know hopefully that works out but as far as like the uh you know the big names uh kovalchuk and Travers, you know like i'm glad that we didn't sign those guys you know yeah i agree um kovalchuk obvious reasons you know i feel like he's kind of he's just a selfish player you know <laughs> like you know basically packing it in because you don't like how you know the team is going. That just says a lot about your character. Well, not only that, so, Dan. Let me so, let me so. let me interrupt you real quick, right? Yeah. Not only that, but this is this speculation that he did this because his his contract with the New Jersey Devils, the one that he signed, was so front loaded that the last like six years were only going to be a million dollars. So I and and if you if you look at if you look at the way his contract was structured back then. The way when he left was exactly the same time that he was going to earn a million, and then he goes over to the KHL where he's getting guaranteed tax-free money, and got out, mm-hmm. and got out of his contract. Yes, very selfish. Yeah, yeah, he he's a real piece of work. I'll say that. But hey, dude, I mean, you know, I got no love for that Kings organization. Exactly. You're talking about an organization that, like, you know, a convicted wife beater. They snuck him back into practice, you know, like, dude. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. And well, and what was the uh, the the drug bust in in uh, Vegas with uh, Richards? Yeah, Mike Richards. You know what I mean? Like all those things. I, I don't think hockey gets a lot of attention on these, you know, scandalous stuff because it's hockey, you know. But I'm like. That says a lot about that organization and how they're run and what they put up with or, you know, what they're, you know, kind of going down that road. Yeah. You know, I mean, not to bring up the Tyler's again thing, but I mean, like compared to that, the Bruins knew that there was a problem, you know, that he had some behavioral issues off the ice. You know, I think the straw that broke the back that isn't really talked about and, isn't a hundred percent confirmed, but it's probably like ninety percent confirmed that he was may or may not have been sleeping with a player's wife. Right. You know? 
I would say, yeah, dude, that's, you know, that's locker room cancer. Yeah, Get exactly. Get out of here. Exactly. So, hey, you know what? The off-season stuff, I did want to bring this up with you. So I had heard that uh, Tavares, he offered um, – or he reached out to the Bruins to ask them to come out and pitch to him. Yes. Yeah. So, like – he did. Yeah, he called the he called he called his agent and said that here are the teams that I want to talk to. Have them come out to to the agent's office that was in Los Angeles, California, and um and they 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 threw the pitch. But you know it's it was heavily favored that he was going to go back anyway. But like I said in in a couple of previous podcasts that mm-hmm. you sat at the table, you must have learned a ton. So bring bring that into next in two thousand nineteen free agency when there's a better free agent class you'll you'll be very well prepared sure you know i i just found that kind of you know that i feel like that storyline kind of got lost along the ways with boston fans but there was like oh we didn't get Traveris, but it's like you know i mean they they weren't like pursuing getting another center because to me dude like honestly like i bergeron krejcik and bacchus I know that people aren't high on Bacchus anymore, but I mean, like, dude, that's the three-headed monster right there. Right. You know, like, I, I think those those three solid centers right there, you know. And then we also have a lot of guys that that are up-and-coming centers, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah, you gotta, the, the, the depth is so crazy on this team. Uh, it's just, where is everybody going to play? People are going to get shifted around, like we talked about last week. Um and you know, like a Donato is a natural center. He's most likely going to be pushed to a wing because of the depth. And you know, mm-hmm. I think that's what they did with Ryan Spooner. You know, they they pushed him around. They didn't get him comfortable enough to actually see what he could do. And I don't, I don't think Ryan Spooner was a very good right uh, right wing player. Yeah, poor poor Ryan Spooner. <laughs> yeah. I, I actually, right. I really liked him, you know, and I feel like I feel like uh, his relationship with claude just kind of like that was why we could never re-sign him again you know i think he just had a bad taste in his mouth with the bruins after yeah. that you know just not really having the the opportunities i remember even like watching one game and like he put spooner out there on like the you know the first uh penalty or not penalty shot uh first shootout you know <laughs> like that he was the first one out there for the first shot on the shootout and it was kind of like, wow, like, is he just trying to hang him out to dry? You know what I mean? Right. Like, it's just, I don't know. So I I think it was just kind of like one of those deals. Got it. It's, it's better for both just to kind of part ways. But I liked him when he was on the team. And I still do like him. I mean, he's, he's a good player, you know. I think that's something that's awesome that you guys always constantly talk about, too, is that, you know, these guys are all – you know, human beings, <laughs> you yep. know what I mean? Like they're all like working their ass off to play at the highest level that they possibly can. It's not like Jimmy Hayes, you know, <laughs> yeah. didn't want to succeed in, in Boston, you know, no, it's I, it, but there's a I lot of pressure. Fuck, a lot yeah, of pressure there is, man. It's freaking crazy. How much pressure is on these guys to, to even get to that point. And, and not only that, but you know, I almost don't want to get into it, but I kind of do. Is, is that pressure is, is, is brought on a kid at a very young age? And and mm. I've heard from, I'm not going to mention names, but you know what a billet is? 
No. A billet family is basically like a foster family for a hockey player or a sports player that's, oh. that, that's traveling away from home. It's a safe place to go, and, and these billet families will, will show them direction and rides to wherever they need to go, constantly make sure that they're you know, doing their classwork and, and, and up, and, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, hey, hey, Mark, not to interrupt, but I just wanted to do this little name drop. There's a, a guy that I play with that his son, uh, I mean, Japanese, you know, uh, he sent his son to one of those families when I think he was like 13 or 14. And so he's been living stateside. He's and right now he's currently playing for the University of New Hampshire. The Wildcats. Uh, yeah, you no, know, yeah, no shit. Yeah, I, I forget what his first name is because uh, you know I've skated with him a bunch of times because usually he comes back for the summers. Yep. Uh, his last name is Kohi, and he just like I remember it was a big deal over here. Like everybody's like reposting because he scored like towards the end of the college season. You know, and right? It was like his first goal. Uh, but I mean, dude such a fucking solid kid you know like he, that's was, awesome man that's really impressive like i i remember i was we were warming up and he took a slap shot from from almost center eyes and ding you know it just i mean he crushed it hits the crossbar and i was like man that, that was a slap shot you know nice and then i'm stretching ding and i was like geez well maybe this guy needs to aim lower right and then ding <laughs> and i'm like Oh, they dawned on me. I'm like, he's aiming at the crossbar, <laughs> you know, and he's hitting it every time. I'm like, oh, that's amazing. That's I awesome. Like, I hate you. <laughs> I I'm gonna look him up. I want to see. I want to uh, do some research on him now. Maybe even watch a couple of games. So yeah. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt and and uh, switch back. But we were talking about the the yeah. billet families. Yeah. So the, so the billet families, you know, they they. There's one particular one that I talked to recently, and 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 obviously no names dropped, but um, have mentioned that there's so much pressure on these kids that you know they're riding the buses all the time, they're away from their families, that it's a lot harder to get to that highest level than it, it, than anybody actually sees behind the doors, and I found that very interesting, you know that that pressure and how and how people handle it because there's only one percent of the world that actually makes it to the professional league in the NHL. You know what I mean? There's only seven, there's only 700 play 780 players through my Amesbury high school math. Um, there's only <laughs> 780 players in, in the league. So, you know, you're only making room for 23 players per team. That's, right. and then you got to build into your organization. So, I mean, it's tough. And, and, and then you, you gotta take it into that. Like, you know, every, everybody that has kids, they, you know, they think that their kids are going to be uh, a rock star or, you know, a professional athlete. Exactly. You know, exactly. and something that I'm learning about as being a dad, you know, and obviously like I want my kids to play hockey, you know, um, there's, there's basically like organizations. I know this was in, this is definitely in California. There's organizations that are basically like their whole pitch is that like, you know, this is the highest level of training and stuff, you know, for kids, yep. like, you know, they're, they're basically like, you have to pay them, you know, to be in this league. And then they're trying to say that like, Oh, if they, if they get in here, they'll definitely go pro, you know, exactly. I think it's, you know, to me, it's just like, you know, I feel like, you know, the, the, the kids that handle that pressure or the kids that just 
know that they're playing a game. You know, this is a game. You train hard. You yeah, you're gonna put the work in. You know, but you know, at the end of the day, you know, like like I don't want to see my son cry because you know he's got so much pressure on him. You know that he thinks that like if he loses this game, it's the end of the world. It's a game. You know, yep. you win them and you lose them. You know exactly. Um, speaking about win and loss, uh, how how do you think the Bruins are going to do uh, in the upcoming season with the previous moves they did uh, on after July first? I'm I'm worried. Okay, <laughs> you you can you can try to talk me down off the ledge, but I'm I'm actually really worried, and it's only because like. You know, like compared to like Ottawa, who I hate now, you know, <laughs> but I mean, like Ottawa was like one goal away from going to a, to the cup final, right? Two years ago. And then what did they do last year? Now it's just a dumpster fire. Yeah. They're just like, you know, they're just, they can't get rid of guys quick enough. I just feel like it's going to be a lot of ex- high expectations, you know, on this team. And you got guys that great kids that are coming up, but I just don't want to see like people putting like what like just like what we were talking about, like putting so much pressure on some of these young guys that could develop into really fucking great hockey players. The brusque right now, I mean, like, dude, I love that kid. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. I agree. I mean, I mean, they pretty much had me with my heartstrings, you know on that for opening night where you know he scored <laughs> scored the goal and his big ass dad is just fucking oh, yeah. wiping those tears away i'm like oh it still gives me goosebumps you know that's a hell of a moment so, right you know so you know i i'm i'm just worried about like you know that kind of going into effect that there's gonna be a lot of pressure on these young kids to perform because everybody's really hyping up ryan donato and it's like you know how many games has he even played? You know, like just just wish everybody would kind of back off the gas pedal of like you know we're going for the cup. It's like yeah, we're not there yet. We're getting close. Yep. But I will say my favorite fucking signing is Halak. A Halak. Yep. Yaroslav. Yeah. I I mean you know this. I never have been in on Kadobin. Uh Like, I just, you know, from the, from being in California and uh, <laughs> uh, knowing the, the goals organization and, and the Anaheim Ducks organization, you know, I knew, I had already heard through the grapevine or whatever, like, he was playing, by the way, for the, for the San Diego goals. He wasn't playing for, the, he wasn't backing up for Anaheim Ducks. Right. He was playing for the San Diego Goals, and th- they weren't going to sign him, you know? They were like, yeah, you know, don't let the door hit you on your way out type of a deal. And he had said in an interview that his full intentions was that he's going to go test the market in Europe, you know? So I don't understand, like, why the, the Bruins went in and got him, you know? And signed him for a year contract. It was kind of like, I think Rass probably asked for it, you know, because he's been buddies with him. Right. But, you know, I just, I hated that signing from the get-go. I did too. And I, I remember uh, after you you just did your, your press stress, uh, uh, sorry, uh, stretch for the uh, training camp. Yeah. That 
uh, someone had said to you that basically, like, you know, the Bruins were really rubbed the wrong way, the organization that he showed up 25 pounds overweight. Yeah. And I was like, what does that fucking tell you? You know, like, he shows up 25 pounds overweight. Like, he doesn't care anymore. Yeah. And I, and I absolutely despise players that, like, have great years on their final year of the contract. Mm-hmm. You know? Case in point, um, Louis Erickson. Right. <laughs> Matt, Matt Bolesky. Matt, oh, I knew that was a bad signing, though, too. Because I mean, it was like, dude, Bolesky was coming off an like unheard of year in Anaheim. And yeah. we totally overpaid for him. I mean, like, I was rooting for him, but it was like, man, dude, you know, we, we overpay for that kid. So, sure did. I don't know. Uh, I was definitely happy to see Hudovin go. And, you know, and I think Hollick is, is awesome. Like, why wouldn't you want a guy that, you know, I mean, he wasn't a number one last year, but, you know, I mean, he is a starting goalie, you know, and, it's not to put more pressure on a Rask. It's to make Rask not have to be that grind horse goalie, you know, that they expect him to have to play the, you know, every single game of the regular season and then to have to, you know, perform in the playoffs, you know, because that's the reality. If you're a grinder goalie, you're going to get burned out. Just look at uh, Vasilevsky. Yep. Right. Yeah. He fucking he made it slip in the interview that he was tired. Yeah. You know. I remember that. And it's like, well, it's because you don't have a backup that they trust, so they're gonna grind you out. And if they grind you out, and you're burnt out by the time playoffs come up, you're just done. Yeah. You know. There's no recovering from that. Yeah, I, I'm I'm fully on this uh, the Halak train. I'm not I'm not fully on like some people think that he's gonna take over Tukarask's job. I think that's just really asinine thinking. You know what I mean? And 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 and, and what, what what bothers me about this thinking is like these fans that say that do they honestly think that the Bruins as an organization and a business are gonna sit there freaking number one goalie that's getting paid seven million dollars, regardless of he earns it or not? And I hate that. Uh, the whole contract talk about you know nobody else was there in the bu- in the building saying no don't do that so he signed it they gave it to him shut up but anyway yeah but you know you don't sit a seven dollar a seven million dollar goaltender as a backup role that's just that's just stupid no and you know like I really can't wrap my head around people that like shit on Rask as a goalie because I'm just like. Do you understand how rare it is to have an elite goalie in this league? And we are lucky enough to have one. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, we won the cup with Timmy Thomas, but Timmy Thomas was basically like, you know, on his Cinderella tour. Yep. You know, like I mean that I mean, he was playing out of his mind. Yep. Took him took him for took him four years to get there, but the last four years of his career were pretty amazing. Yeah. And I, so, I and I'm not even a Thomas fan. I freaking hate that guy. <laughs> he, he is the definition of a weirdo goalie, yeah, right? Yeah. Can we just say that? I mean, like some of the shit that he says is just like, wow. All right. Yeah. He reminds me of um, what's the the Russian goalie that played for uh, the Coyotes and Hobby Bullen? Who, who was it again? Nikolai Hobby Bullen. Yeah, yeah, dude. <laughs> Like, dude, oh no no, so Bobrovsky. 
from Prosky. No, 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 not even that one. Oh my god, I'm going, I'm going crazy here. Wait a minute. Um, Ilya Brzgalov. Yes. Okay. <laughs> that was fucked up. I, I know it sounds like I'm just saying yes to like everything, but yeah. like, no, that it is Brzgalov. Yeah, yeah. Dude, that guy's fucking. Dude, that guy's crazy. <laughs> He's talking about tigers and aliens. He's talking about yeah, that, oh, oh the tigers and the bears. <laughs> yeah, dude, that guy's so dude. That guy's batshit crazy. And the and the con- constellations and everything like that. That was amazing. I wa- I watched that YouTube video at least three or four times a year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. So I mean, like, you know, that all being said, I just think you know, like, you know, we've got a great fucking goalie, and I would hate to see him run out of fucking town because. You know the fans are fucking shitting on him or whatever. You know. Yeah, and you know, when you talk about goaltending, I think that you got you got Rask for another three full seasons, and I'm I'm totally comfortable with that. Halak for the next two, which is good. You know that that's you, you know you can you can have Halak around and wait for a goaltender like Dan Vladar, and and I believe Dan Vladar, and I'm, I'm a huge Vladar fan. He's just such a great kid to talk to, but. Yeah, you're high on him. Yeah, I'm very high on him, and you know, and it just doesn't seem like every anybody else is. And I'm like, I, you know, am I seeing mm. something that nobody else is seeing? But I think, I think the next time, next this season, when he when he plays in the AHL with the Providence Bruins for a full year and kind of splits time with McIntyre, or maybe he has a little, you know, um, a forty game season out of a seventy six game year. I think he could, you know, play a little more than McIntyre because I think McIntyre is actually sliding down the depth chart. I don't think I think his last season is going to be this coming year in the Bruins That's organization. So it, you know, I it like is. I like I like the kid too. I like the kid too. He tries hard and so on, but he got to the the NHL. I really didn't see enough of the Bruins to really hang on to his future. But I yeah. do see his future being somewhere else in the league. And I'm not saying that, you know. You just give up a guy. You give up on him. No, you're not giving up on him. His dream is to get to the NHL, regardless of what team it's on. And I think, and I, I think that I think the trail for him would be to go somewhere else and try somewhere else, you know. And then maybe that opportunity will come, but it can't. Hey, it won't me, happen. Let me ask you this, Mark, because I remember you talking about this a while ago, and then I, I can't remember what's going on right now. But does Providence currently have a a goaltending coach? No, they do not. Now you know that boggles my mind. But you know what I mean, like <laughs> what they do have that they didn't have last summer, or right around this time last year, they did hire uh, Mike Dunham, a former uh, NHL goaltender, played for the University of Maine. I think you might even remember him back in the day when you were. Uh, um, a maniac back in the states. Oh no! When I was when I was a maniac, I was I was a kid. And, uh, I was obsessed with you know. I, I never watched hockey. Oh okay. Like, I like playing. I like playing it, and I was a big big Celtics fan because it was the Larry Bird area, you know. So you know that was those were my days. Now I can't even watch basketball, and now all I do is watch hockey. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, yeah, but but. His his addition is is the assistant to um, the go- Bruins goaltending coach, which is Bob Asenza. Now Bob Asenza is mostly traveling with the team, so okay. so what what Mike Dunham will do is he'll take time and go up to his alma mater up in up in Maine and 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 show uh, future prospect uh, I mean prospect goaltender Jeremy Swayman. 
Yeah. You know what's going on. I like Jeremy. You know, good kid. I got all excited when the Bruins uh, drafted him. I was like, oh, he's in University of Maine. Yeah. yeah. And he's, <laughs> he's a great guy, Alaska kid. You know, really tries hard. Unbelievable personality. And, and every time I see him, he's just like, hey, you know, hey, Mark. And it's just, it's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. You had a good, good interview with him at the uh, training camp. Yeah. I, I I fully enjoyed that. It was kind of cut short because the the guy that that runs the whole um, uh, PR department was like, okay, now it's time to get out of the locker room, and I'm like, oh, I got a couple more, you know, I got a couple more questions I had to ask. But uh, we got uh, Jeff, I mean Jeff Dunham, uh, Mike Dunham. What he does is he goes, <laughs> he goes to all slip, no, right. He goes to all of the prospect goaltenders. Like he spends a lot of time with uh, Dan Vladar down in the East Coast Hockey League, Atlanta Gladiators. He's been up to Oshawa with Kyle Kieser, Swayman, um, and you know works with McIntyre. Always in there for development camp. So it's been a good year of having him go around. But still, there's no permanent coach there, and I don't understand why. I don't understand why they cannot put a f- six-figure number together. A hundred, a hundred grand. Right, just like, to have just a guy. I, I don't understand it. Like, we're the Boston Bruins, or you know, organization. Like, you can't fucking give Providence a fucking goalie coach, right? Because I mean, like, what are they supposed to do? Fucking like, you know? Yeah, I mean, honor to themselves. No, I don't know. I, I I'm really like upset about like what happened with Malcolm Subin. You know, I was like, so we just drafted him and then we just lost him for nothing. Yep. It's like, it, awesome. It was one of those, um, you know, it was a first round bust. I hate to say it, but I kind of I kind of think that the reason why he struggled in the Bruins organization, because there wasn't that that one on one personality and, and chemistry mm-hmm. that you have with a coach like you like you mentioned. I think that yeah. that, you know, I think that him getting serious instruction from a fellow go- or former goaltender in the NHL and Bob Asenza was limited to only maybe a couple times a month that, you know, I don't think that's right. Yeah. I think that somebody's going to be there you're, all the you're time. You're, you're asking kids to fucking translate themselves into an NHL goaltender on their own. Right. You know, right. And there's no way that's going to happen. I just, I, you know, that that's something that's very like head scratching to me. You know, I, I, one of my, my best friend from high school, I, uh, he's a goalie and, uh, <clears throat> I mean, like I a hundred percent respect his opinion. He's very fucking like deep into the stats and everything. I, uh, when I had talked to him last and I was talking about Vladar, Vladar. Yeah. Okay. Um, I was like, yeah, Mark's really high on this guy. And you know, the next time I talked to him, he came back at me. He's like, oh, yeah, dude, this guy's going to be solid. Yep. You know? yep. I was like, oh, awesome, dude. Like, not that I didn't distrust your opinion. I was just like more like, you know, but it was just like more confirmation. I was like, oh, fuck yeah. But that, most of the time, um, Dan, it, it, the shit talkers, they, they come at me and they're like, well, look at his East Coast League numbers. And I'm like, you're seriously going to throw stats at me from a, a prospect in the East Coast Hockey League? Are right. you freaking kidding me? And, and, you know, it's it, you can't – I mean, he had a terrible record. He had a terrible goals against and a terrible save percentage in the East Coast Hockey League. It, it was – it's not a very good league. It's a league that you put a prospect if, you, if you're if you very desperate. And the Bruins only had one last season, and that was him. So, mm-hmm. 
You know, he's there for the shots. Now look what he did when he made the transition due to injuries. When when you know the organization had to flip flop goaltenders. Yeah. When he went you up, when just... he went up to the AHL, I mean that kid in t- I think it was eight to twelve games in that area went six two and two, and had good right. numbers. So, but but that's the whole thing. You can't look at just you know the goals against numbers and be like, oh, this guy's gonna be fucking garbage. You have to look at the whole entire picture. Do you know that organization? Do you know what their defense is like? Right. You know, do you know that team? Right. Like, you know, this if is you a don't team. Know the ins and outs of that team, then this is know, a team that traded Phil Kessel's brother, which was the best defenseman in the league, for another defenseman that nobody even knew about. I am not a fan of the Atlanta Gladiators at all. I don't I like what they Kessel. do. <laughs> <laughs> Phil Kessel loves hot dogs. Fuck, dude, that <laughs> kills me, dude. Like, dude, <laughs> everybody's like, and I'll admit, Phil Kessel is a great fucking hockey player. Oh, yeah, he is. But how much better of a hockey player would he be if he actually, like, I don't know, like, <laughs> worked out like Passanac, you know? Right. He's <laughs> like, like the Babe Ruth of hockey. <laughs> what's that? He's like the Babe Ruth of hockey. He is the Babe Ruth of <laughs> He's like, I don't care. I'm gonna smoke the cigar and drink this fucking drink, and, and right. you know, I'll play when I want to play. <laughs> he, he was born in the wrong era. I know, right? <laughs> Jesus, I'm surprised he's not on the bench smoking a butt in between freaking shifts. <laughs> right? Like, hey, he didn't look so fucking hot this year. Nah. But anyway, um, what else are we gonna talk about? Uh, you got something? Um. Yeah, I had a few things, and I was, and then now my mind's like blanking. But <laughs> trying to think. Um. Now that you put me on the spot, now yeah. my mind's like really blanking. <laughs> Do you think they're gonna juggle the line with Pasternak at all, or, keep, or they're gonna keep him up in the first line? Well, I don't know. I mean, like you, you know more than I do. I mean, you were saying that that they're that uh, Joe McDonald was saying that uh, that they're really high on on Hannon right now to yeah. play that first line. And if that's the case, I'm like hell yeah, because it's like spread the wealth, right? It like, does. It does dude. spread it uh, pretty freaking uh, good and. I don't know. I'm up for seeing anything. I think Pasternak will adjust anywhere he goes. I don't think that a lot. There's a lot of people that I talk to. They say that it could mess with his head. I don't believe. I don't believe so. I believe that if you're a professional, act like it, no matter what line you're on. But the top two lines is still good for him and his price range because he. The basically the Bruins resigned him at a freaking a, a sweet deal. Right, and I was actually kind of like I was on the train of like. You give this kid what he wants. You know what I mean? Like, uh, this is why I'm not a general manager. (laughs) Right. Because even, like, I remember, like, people, like, shitting on Savard's deal. Like, oh, well, now he's never going to play again. I'm like, who cares? You pay that guy. Dude, that fucking guy, you know, did a lot for this organization and this team. You know? Yeah. Um, Exactly. But with Pasta, I mean, like, he has done everything that they've asked him. You know, like... Like you need to hit the weights, you know. You need to do this. You need to do that. And he's just like, "Yes, sir. Like yep. we're gonna do it." You he know. Did. So I'm, I'm like, yeah. I don't think that him getting bumped to the second line 
is going to fuck with him because he's going to be like, I'm going to play with Krejcik, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, I think he's going to – the question, I think, is going to be more the opposite of if Krejcik is going to be able to play with him because Krejcik, to me, seems like a very he, – he needs to control the situation, you know? Yeah. He is very particular about who he's playing with, you know, like – so that's gonna be the the interesting thing. I liked I like Krejcik, but I wouldn't be sad if he just got traded. <laughs> yeah, that's there's a lot of people that are thinking that, and 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 realistically, that could happen next season. As ah, dude, that's not gonna happen. No one's gonna take that contract. Well, I mean, his his range of teams that he'd be willing to go to gets wider after next season. So uh, it's it'll be a little more easy to move. It goes from a no trade to a uh, a modified. So I mean, I, I I don't know. I I still like him on the team no matter what. I mean, he is getting older, uh, a little more injury prone that I've seen lately. But you know, he's he's paid seven million dollars to be, pretty much be that setup guy. You know, mm-hmm. and you know he's not a point player anymore. Uh, you know, it's just you need that center depth. But there's there's other players that are that are basically pushing, you know, in line the, the, down in Providence that are developing, and you know, like or, or even in the uh, OHL with Jack Stadika, who I believe could definitely be um, Krejci's replacement in the future. So, no kidding. Yeah. So, so how are you feeling about Ryan Donato? Just because there's so much hype about him, I'm just curious. I I really like the player. I've seen him in in I don't know how many um, uh, Bruins development camps and 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 practices and blah blah blah. I I like him. He's got he's got great attributes to the game. He's he's a very very smart player. A uh, little undersized. Always you know you need to bulk up at this age and and, and at this time of his, um, his hockey career. Um, I just think he needs to get that feeling that uh, you can keep working and not worried about being that type of player that is um, like almost that deer in the headlights kind of mentality. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He just doesn't have that many that 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 much experience yet in the NHL, and I think that with more time, I think this this next upcoming season is going to be a really beneficial to him. Um, I'm I'm not going to say rookie year, but you know if he scores. 30 or 40 points, you know, 15, 15, whatever. I mean, it's still a good year, and then you can build on that. Um, Whether he succeeds at the right wing or left wing, wherever they put him, if they don't have room up the middle, that's that's a different story. But the other thing is, 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 is if you really wanted to bulk up on your defense and you needed to make a deal, he can also be a leverage piece too in, 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 right. in getting something back. I'm not saying I really want to trade a Ryan Donato right now because of the small sample size that we've had last season and, and in the, and the few games he played in the playoffs. But I'm, I'm I am a prospect guy and you know that, but, yeah. I, I'm down to like maybe we do need to move some some pieces to get something back and and I'm kind of like you know we're still drafting pretty decently I I'm, I'm not overly thrilled about the draft uh, in uh, in July but they they got some well, pieces the they, the worst thing about our draft was 
given that fucking first round. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, everything, everything else was fine, but that first round pick, dude, that that really fucking right. that hurts. But this, they could every year they're going to have to continue to select seven people out of the round out of the draft, uh, whether they're traded or not. Um, so, replenishing the, the the prospect pool is still going to be an important process. I just hope that they keep doing it and sign. You know, I I really want them to utilize that America uh, that East Coast Hockey League team in Atlanta for the for the upcoming season to uh, you know sign some freaking college players if they can stick them down there and if they're blowing it up you move them up a level and if you yeah. keep right I mean have have an assortment to pick through. I'd just like to have a fucking t- dozen donuts right in front of me right now and be like, oh, this one, oh, but that one looks even better. Oh, my God, look at this one. You know what I mean? That, that's that the way. the best metaphor I've Well, I'm a, fa- I'm a fat kid. I'm a fat kid, so. <laughs> uh, dude, I love it. I fucking love it, dude. But uh, that's the way I want to do it. And we were talking about this uh, on the previous podcast um, with my friend Ian Kelly about yeah. about baseball. Uh, you know I listen to all your yeah. stuff. <laughs> about baseball. You know what I mean? Baseball has a, a plethora of, of leagues that they can they can they can pick from and I'd love to see something like that in the Bruins right. organization, but it's few and far between. But um, Hey, so I I wanted to bring up something really quick with you or run something by you right now. So you know how Rick Nash is like He's still like contemplating retirement, right? Yes, he did. He did tell several teams that have been really hounding on him to to get deals done and make a decision to back off and 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 let let him have his time with his family. So, I mean, it's either retirement or he signs. We we don't. The Bruins do not have anything to t- uh, title to him at all. So, yeah, no, I I don't know why, dude. I just have this weird feeling. I feel like we, if he's gonna play, I feel like we're gonna get him. You think so? You know? Yeah, I because I, I, you know, it took it took a huge step to fucking trade for him. I know that he has to know that, you know, this is a cup contending team. Period. You know, I'm not saying this year, maybe next year or whatever. You know, but I mean, he knows that that we're a good team, and that's what he wants ultimately is the cup. Um, I think if he comes back, he, he comes back with us. That's just my thoughts. He's right. He's got to take a discount, though. Oh yeah, it's got to be a big hometown discount. Because um, I, I'm looking at it right now. Okay, so after next next season, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven players are going to need contracts. One of them is Ryan Donato. The other one's Danton Heinen. Oof. And Noel Achari. Um, I like Achari. Achari uh, and McQuaid, I don't think they're going to be here. Uh, it's too bad about Achari. McQuaid, I, I mean, like, I love the guy. He's a good good guy, but, I mean, like, he's a walking Band-Aid. Yeah. You know? But these, Dude, I'll, uh, never, I'll never forget, like, was it this season that he was, that he didn't even make the opener because he was injured? Right, and then when they were introducing the team, and then he comes out on his little yeah knee knee wheel apparatus. They didn't even like, say anything. Yeah, I was like, awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, Fumble. Yeah, dude. Like, come on. Like, just, dude, I don't know why we gave him like that contract that we did. Even when when they signed him for like two more years, I was like, yay. All right. So after after next season, these names: uh, Donato Heinen. 
and McAvoy and Carlo all have to be t- um, negotiated <sighs> with. And you, uh, if you're going to keep them all, all four. Yeah, yeah, if you keep them all, you have to have that cap space. So I say that Chara does not return after next season. I think this is his farewell tour. I don't believe McQuaid is back. I think they've been wanting to move him for a while now. I think that they made a big mistake on that on that contract. I mean, it, he's he, McQuaid is the type of player that you know is is every hockey fan would love him on their team. You know what I mean? He does the small things. He blocks shots. He puts his body out there. He's all high. I get it, but the the cap hit in the contract slapped Sweeney in the face. You know what I mean? It was I, a it was a bad contract. Yeah. So those guys aren't going to be around. So I honestly think that McAvoy and and and, and Carlo might get their contracts to suffice those those departures of Chara and um and McQuaid. So I mean, it's oh, it, whoa. oh yeah, McQuaid. Yeah, yeah they said McAvoy at first. No, I was like whoa, no, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> no, we're not getting rid of him, but he does have to be resigned. So and he's probably gonna he's probably gonna garner a six million dollar if he does a cap friendly thing like Pasternak did. God love the kid. That's really good. That's really good on him. But if he begs for the world like Dougie Hamilton did, right out of his entry level contract, and you know, garnering eight million per season, and, and not happy, you know, I just think that. Oh, I hate that conversation. Hey, hey, by the way, rest in peace, Dougie Hamilton. Good luck in Carolina. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> There's another dumpster fire. Another dumpster fire organization. <laughs> Right, and so, which, uh, by the way, I'm glad that we didn't get Jeff Skinner because we would have had to give up a bunch of stuff. And from what I keep hearing, that everybody wants fucking Ryan Donato. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm high on him because I think that you know, like he had an amazing season. I mean, dude, that kid was skating his ass off during the playoffs. I mean, he was making, he was like, we are willing this game to happen. You know, we're gonna yeah. win this fucking game. Uh whether he has, you know, a follow-up year that's going to be the same, you know, we'll have to we'll have to see. But my high, my my hopes are very high on him. I I like that kid. Yeah, you know, I'm always a prospect guy. I want to see that. I want to see them, you know, flourish and 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 get to the the goal because they work so hard for it. But you know, we'll see what happens. I just. I, I really hope he wows us. I just hope he's not one of these guys that just is going to take a while. No, I don't don't want I don't want the Zach Hamels. I don't want the Jordan Carans anymore. <laughs> yeah. Well, do you, you know, I just want to bring up Tyler again again because I, you know, he's on coming up in the last year of his contract. I think he's at UFA after this year, and everybody's like, oh well, hey, should the Bruins go out and get him? Like once again, I mean, like there are there is reasons why like there are players that are like locker room cancer is like a real fucking thing, you know. Tyler's again, no, see ya, you know. Like, like I'm so happy with not having guys that are highly talented, but just you know don't have that like locker room fucking like commodity, you know. Yeah, right. Because look at Brad Marchand. He took a good contract, too. He didn't, you know, he yep. didn't ask for way too much. And I feel like he set the precedent for Pasternak, you know, because Pasternak took a deal, you know. He did. And so thank, like, Thankful for that. Mm-hmm. Um, what else did I want to say? 
How do you think Cassidy has been has been doing, and what do you think he could bring to the to the club next season with a a full season under his belt? Well, I mean, like, dude, obviously, I think Cassidy's a great players coach. You know, yeah. The only thing that I would like to see is Char get less ice time. And I know that sounds crappy, but like realistically, it's like he's on the ice for too long you know he's just getting burned out yeah he does. i know that he's like a he's like a physical specimen and everything but like dude he needs to you know like kind of embrace the role that it, like hey dude you're getting up there in the age and you know you still you your mind tells you that you, you can still do certain physical things but like your body like the older we get I don't care like how physical fit you are, you you're gonna slow down, you know. Exactly. Yeah, I'm done. I, I would like to see him manage his minutes a little bit better and give some of the younger guys those opportunities, uh, like a Brandon Carlo. And uh, I'd love to get your thoughts on Brandon Carlo because you know he's coming up on his last uh, last year of his entry level deal that like we talked about earlier. But uh, in the Boston Globe wrote an article about him and his expectations. I'm not sure who it was. It was either KPD or Matt Porter. But um, they 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 talked about how much of an influence he could be this season, and and and, and expectations are, are going to be set high uh, again. But also, if, I mean, regardless of where he sits in in his last year of his entry level deal. He's also heavily considered as a trade chip, you know, for a team that might want to move somebody. But, you know, we do need defense. I really don't want to see a defenseman leave for the sake of getting like a forward. You know what I'm saying? Or, 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 or yeah, it's just it's not the way I I think you do business. If you're going to make a trade, you make a hockey trade, do a defenseman for a defenseman, and then leverage leverage moves after that if it has to go along in a package deal. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know, uh, so like. My whole thing with Carlisle, like, with all the trades with the Bruins, by the way, too, like, I feel like the Bruins have this bad perception right now that they just make bad trades after the Sagan thing, you know? Because they were just like, oh, dude, we can just give them, you know, a bag of pucks and we'll get, like, a good player. And so, because, I mean, we're like, last year, uh, my buddy was sending me stuff that the Ducks were shopping Cam Fowler. No, not last year, the year before that. So that's probably two years ago. They were shopping Cam Fowler because they got all these fucking great blue line defensemen, right? And they got to get rid of them. You know, they, they got too many. They can't sign them all. And they were like all about Pasternak. They were like, yeah, we want Pasternak. And, you know, we were smart enough to be like, no, he's not even on the table. So... <laughs> You know, exactly. Go get lost. But that being said, that's kind of like how I feel like the league perceives the Bruins that we'll just do a fucking stupid mistake again. You know, because even though I'm glad that Sagan was gone, I do not like that trade at all. Obviously, because I mean, like nobody fucking panned out. You know, and we should have traded Eric Carlson <laughs> instead of like being like well he's really on fire right now it's like dude he's on his last year of his contract he's playing out of his mind send him somewhere else right you know? yeah that reminds me of like the 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 joe thornton trade is like you really didn't get value back i mean you got marco Sturm, which i really enjoy watching him play as a bruin uh you know mm-hmm. gritty gritty 
you know, skilled forward. But that's pretty much the only piece that you got. Brad Stewart didn't pan out very well on defense, in my opinion. And Wayne right. Pre- Wayne Primo, I, he had some really good flashy goals, but didn't really blow me away. So I'm just happy that those deals are in the past and, like, Sweeney – is the type of player that's been around in, in the organization, even as a, a player development role, um, was was around in management to to see this happen and possibly learn from something. And I I think he really got hammered when he made the deal for Zach Ronaldo and giving up a third round pick. I Ugh, I, yeah. I freaking hammered him. I hammered him hey, really damn way, well. Didn't fucking uh, Nashville or Columbus just sign? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, good luck, good luck with all that, bro. Yeah, I want to say it was Columbus. Yeah, yeah good luck with torts. Yeah, come on, dude. <laughs> when was the last time this guy fucking played an NHL game? Yeah, and then, then you you brought up the Sagan trade, and you know you get Erickson and and Nash, and I mean not um, Riley Smith. And somebody else, Joe Morrow, whatever. It's like you know, you really didn't get back what you should have for the for a player like Sagan. You knew it. You knew what you're giving away. And I just, I, I just yeah. think that Dallas really was like you know, was one of those types of teams that you were talking about. Like they see a wound and they're gonna pick at it and see yeah. see what, see what happens. And then and then they fucking bought on it. I feel like yeah, it was like they that it was known that what was going on with him throughout the league with the general managers, you know, they're like, Oh, they, they're going to get rid of this guy. Yeah. So we'll just give him this, you know, yeah, Dallas you know, stars, like, Dallas stars, GM, um, G, uh, Jim Milne is not a freaking, um, I probably said his name wrong, but, uh, is, uh, is not a stupid fucking GM. He's yeah. been around the league for a while. Uh, hey, at least we're not Ottawa. Yeah, Dude, Ottawa is like the ultimate dumpster fire. That is terrible. Fucking, their their drama rama of the Real Housewives and you know, all that stuff, dude. Yeah, but you know, like, you know what's funny about Ottawa is is, is if you you want to make deals with a franchise like that because they're falling apart. And they're pretty much right. giving away players. Like Eric Carlson is still an Ottawa Senator as of right now. I'm not sure if he's going to be leaving or not. He might have gotten his way with the Hoffman thing, but remains to be seen. But, but what do you tell a player that has dedicated... All right, so put it in a situation like this, all right? Just spitballing here. Say that yeah. say that Krejci's involved in a trade to Ottawa, but he has to be presented with a, t- a list of teams that he wants to go to, and Ottawa happens to be on there. Do you really think that he's going to be like, oh, Ottawa, got to go there? No. Yeah, no, he's not. He's in, I mean, which, by the way, the, the, the no trade clause has just got to stop, you know? Yeah. I, I understand it as a, a human being that it's like, yeah, I just don't want to be, like, shipped off to, like, somewhere else, you know? Right. But Cap the it. no trade clause, yeah, dude, that's Cap the stuff it. that, like... You know, you can't get rid of it because players will they'll fight about it with the the National Hockey League Players Association, which is their their union. So, I mean, they probably won't win that, but what I'd like to see it is a cap it. If you're doing a 7-year deal, you know, I wouldn't expect no trade throughout the whole thing. At least like leave it at like 3 years. So you get 3 right. you get 3 years of a good player. But if he doesn't pan out, you're not worried about that, you know, 4 years of, of 
hanging on to him afterwards because he's not producing. You can move him to another team, you know, or whatever. He signed somewhere else, but you basically you basically stuck with him. Like right. like the fucking Backus contract. I'm sorry, but, you know, to bring it up. I mean, sorry, but a six year deal at his it's a age. Bad contract. I just I'm like still like kind of like holding my breath. Like I just feel like that guy is too good and he's too tough to to not you know pan out like i just keep i'm like come on dude this is and he gets injured a lot too that's the other bad thing you know so i know i'm making excuses for him but you know well he's got like he's got three seasons this is this is the year that that he shows me something or he shows the Bruins management that they just have to do something to move him because uh, it, it, the cap hit alone is hindering on on, on progression of this team. You know, mm-hmm. it's just another player you just can't sit. You can't buy out. I mean, his his deal. He's got so he's got eighteen million dollars still on the Bruins books. If they if they even wanted to entertain a buyout, you're looking at like. Two point three, maybe three million a season for the next freaking five years, and that's all. Yeah, ca- that, that's all stuck in your cap. It. You yeah. know, I mean, I if if I was the Bruins, Dan, to be honest with you, back when I was thinking about signing him, I would mm-hmm. I would put it on performance bonuses, like they did with um with Joe McGinley. You know, he right. si- he signed a one year one million dollar deal, but five million of that was all performance bonuses and off the off the books. For that year, but next season it was on the books. Hmm. Kind of doesn't make sense, but you know what I mean. No, no, that's that's actually really fucking smart. I don't understand why they don't do more contracts like that. Yeah, you know, put but it on it, the performance. It's because you know, show it's, up or or go home, dude. Like, right? It's because of that bonus money is capable. That's that's a sketchy situation. You can make you can make a move to facilitate a roster spot that you need a player like a, a Jerome McGinley, and he was phenomenal on the right side for that one year. I mean, he had one of his better years out of his past ten with the Bruins, I believe. You know, but yeah, well, maybe he should have fucking went to us in the first place. I know. Instead of on the point, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was totally messed up. That was totally messed up. But kudos to him for retiring, going out the way he wanted to, and 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 in that one year that he gave the Boston Bruins, I thought that you know the thirty goal season was uh, way out of my realm. I knew he had the ability to do it, but in a, in a, in a league and on a team that's seemingly transitioning into um, get faster and get quicker and and be bigger, I just think that his his time was really slowing down. Yeah, I know, and I hate to hear that too because I I know that we talk or you guys talk about this all the time about the league getting faster and everything. Getting faster is great, but also I mean, like, uh, can I name drop a documentary? Go for it. Uh, Ice Guardians. Nice. Pro- probably like the most relevant thing to explain why fighting should exist in hockey yep you know like that you know there needs to be like accounts and balances you know type of a thing you know like i just don't understand like how it's okay to just lay somebody out that you know that you're gonna like you're gonna physically hurt this person to the point that they're gonna be injured and leave the game and then the the referee will just give that that person five minutes Right. At the most, you know, maybe kick him out of the game, but he can play tomorrow. 
you know? Yep. And you're talking about like hurting somebody to the point that they're going to be out of playing for who knows how long, you know? So. Yeah. See, uh, well, uh, let me, let me get this right. Let me get this right. You're, you're the, you're an advocate for dropping them when needed. Like when it in, in defense of a teammate, right? Yeah. Dude, so I, what I, what I, about I the stage? Cases. What about the stage ones? Ones that uh, like the first second they're dropping it right at the face oh, off. That's article. garbage. Okay. All right. That's garbage. You know that though. Yeah. That's like, that's all for show. That's your individualism, just you know, and your manhood going to going to bat for you. That's got nothing to do with a team, in my opinion. Unless there was something like, I mean, dude, like the only time that that should even happen is like, all right, so like after the Matt Cook hit. Cookie, yeah, you know, on on Mark Savard. The yeah. next time that that Schittsburg played the Bruins, I was like, man, if I was on the ice, I would just drop the gloves on the face off. I would be like, you know, you're right. gonna go right now. You know, those are the times that, like, you know, I feel like that's a point in the game. I, you know, what it I would is... do because I'm a fucking crazy goalie. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'd 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 wait a couple minutes. I'd wait a couple shifts. But every time I'm on the ice that he's on the same time, just give it to him. Just go up to him and and hit him hard and and skate away from him, asking for it, asking for it, and then letting it right. go. You beat him down a little bit and then fucking hammer him. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. That's the stuff that just makes me crazy. It's like you know there. Um, in that uh, the documentary, there was a English uh, writer that she brings up something about like uh, the European leagues. Yes, and that like the EIHL. Yeah, the concussion rate is like ninety percent higher than fucking the NHL. Oh, absolutely. And the reason why is because they've completely like there is no fighting. You cannot drop the gloves. Right. And that's the whole thing is that like you know. If I know that, like, this is the best player on the team and I'm just going to, you know, cross-check the hell out of his head into the boards, I might get kicked out of the game. But he might be done for, you know, months. Yeah, exactly. Whereas, like, you know, the old school days, it's like, you know, you knew what the consequences and the prices were. You know, you're going to get your ass beat. You know, so that's why guys wouldn't lay out other guys. Hey, you know that English lady you were talking about on that documentary? I'm, I don't, I don't know the name. I, I, I'm not good with names, but um, yeah, no, neither I. But you remember her, regardless. Yeah, yeah. She uh, was an awesome interview on my boy William Bantrum's um, the Biscuit Podcast uh, when that documentary was uh, shortly released. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she she was on with him talking about it too, and it was a good, it was a good show. Another solid podcast if you're if you're a fighter fan. Also, the also the fourth line voice is another good one. I mean, like I don't want to say or come off like the, I'm a fighter fan, you know. Like no, I, I know, I, just, I know. I, I know. just feel like you know, there's too many times that there's always that dirty hit. Yeah, and there you just have to pay the price. You know? Exactly. I mean, like, if you're willing to to hit something when they're very vulnerable, and I know we're talking about our team because uh, you know Brad Marchand is like the. <laughs> the thief in the night with uh, his slew foot, right? Which is like the worst thing in the world. Um, I don't know. I just, I mean, like, if you're going to commit to doing something stupid, then you better know that, like, you know, somebody's going to come 
come for you. I don't know. I agree. Need more of it. Less less sitting there watching your teammates, um, you know, hurting on the ice after something like that. But, you know, generally it's a good rule of thumb to have uh, your boys back. But I think that's going to do it. I, we've been talking for an hour and a half now, and it's like got to be, what, 2.30 in the morning? I'm looking at the clock right now. It's 2.45, bro. 2.45. Oh, my God, man. All right, listen, uh, Dan, I just want to thank you so, so very much um, for the time and, and the way we worked everything out like this. It was a good discussion, and I'm so happy we finally got it done. I believe that was a really good discussion about a lot of different topics, even though that we are kind of all over the place. I, I, still, I still enjoyed my, my time talking to you, bud. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sorry, dude. I'm all, all over the map on, you know. Oh no, probably but, like uh, I, I don't want to come in too hot, but that's what that's what I'm. Of... That's what this is all about. You know what I mean? I mean, it's basically just talking to the to the awesome diehards and and where it goes, where it goes. We have a couple of drinks, we have a little fun. That's what it's all about. I I don't set a schedule to this show at all. I just I just go with the flow and and I, it was a good talk, dude. I'm I'm really glad that we made the time to make this happen and hope to have it, uh, another opportunity. Dude, absolutely. Like, um, like I said, anytime that you invite me on, uh, I consider it a huge, huge pleasure. So I appreciate everything that you you guys fucking do. Well, I mean, like, well, I, you guys have like literally got me through some some rough patches and stuff. So, you know, well, thank you for your work. Thank you very much for the kind words and and you know your, your service to to our country is. Is, is awesome and, and very well appreciated. So we would definitely have you back on. Um, Dan, are you on the Twitter, Twitter, Twitter at all? <laughs> Sorry. Um, you know what, dude? I think I – so I know that I started a Twitter account like, I don't know, like seven years ago. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, dude, like I'm going to – you know, I'm really speak my mind. But I just couldn't understand like Twitter. Right. So I just kind of gave up on it. So like I'm just just on the Facebook. All right, yeah. Search search Dan Brow for uh, friendship on Facebook. Great guy, good Bruins fan. Um, and again, thank you so much. And and the best to, to you and your family over in Japan. I I know I, I'm looking forward to hopefully seeing you sometime soon. Uh, possibly pass the puck around on a pond sometime in the near future. Uh absolutely i'm jealous of your your pond hockey videos but i, 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 I got my mad I skills watch. huh you see that shit yeah dude <laughs> I, and I, and I grew up a goaltender first thing in my head was like fuck this guy because <laughs> <laughs> i was so pissed off i was just like man dude he definitely fucking I, like i can't even imagine that right? would be awesome to do that again yeah absolutely um, man Next time, though, that I am in Massachusetts, absolutely we are meeting up. Doesn't oh. matter if it's for a game, we can just meet up and have some beers. Beers, beers, beers. That's what we're all about. Awesome. All right, Dan, thank you so much, dude. Um, it, it, like I said, uh, it's been a real pleasure to have you on and everything, and 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 look forward to it. Keep talking, uh, right. Bruins, uh, in the future. So uh, thank you very much for listening, everybody. Please uh, check out our, our, our partnership uh, with uh, Primetime Sports Talk. Uh, they cover all the bases over it. 
uh, all sports, uh, professional sports in New England. So go check them out at primetimesports.com. Thanks again, everybody, for listening, and we will talk very soon.